Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Nicholas Kemp, Japanologist, researcher, solopreneur, and author of Ikagai Khan, uh, Feel a Life Worth Living. He's the founder and head coach of Ikigai Tribe, a small community of educators, psychologists, coaches, and trainers who serve others using the Ikigai concept. He's also a podcast host, and we'll be learning about all about Ikigai from him. Welcome to the show, uh, Nicholas. Thank you very much, AJ, for having me. It's um, Actually, it's my first podcast after I've published my book, so thank you for having me on. So, so it's it's great. So you'll be talking a lot about your book. Also, help us understand what this uh, stuff is all about. Ikigai. A lot of Indians do know about this, but you know, learning from you will be totally different. And uh, in the perspective that you want us to understand, you want the world to understand Ikigai. So, can you tell us exactly, you know, what is Ikigai, and exactly what? one can do to find it or feel it? How does one do that? <laughs> okay, well, that's that's the question. We, we sh probably should begin with acknowledging how it's misunderstood. So in, in the West, it's misunderstood as a sweet spot of doing something that you love, that you're good at, that the world needs, and that you can be paid for in, in a Venn diagram. And it also has... I guess these romantic ideas that it's a word from Okinawa and it's the secret to longevity. So these are Western perceptions. In the context of Japanese culture, Ikigai is more relatable to intrinsic motivation and also existential positive psychology. So for many Japanese, you know, their Ikigai might be something quite small like their, their pets, their hobby, but for other Japanese, it could be a life-defining goal. But as we all know, often our most meaningful moments come from overcoming a struggle or facing adversity. So Ikigai is this large spectrum of all the things in your life that make you feel that life is worth living. And there's the emphasis on feel because Ikigai is something you feel. It's not something you achieve. It's not something you get paid to do. It's these things that make your life feel worth living. And often they're, you know, our most intimate relationships, the feeling of growth, and in some part also, yeah, self-actualization, that feeling that we're growing and learning. So that's it in a nutshell. It's the spectrum of things that make life feel worth living. Okay, okay. And how does one... Uh, realize that, you know, to get to that state of mind. In India, we understand a lot about spirituality. There are various things that people follow. And they do a lot of things to find their own purpose in life. Now, how do they understand uh, Ikigai from an Indian perspective? From a layman's perspective, I did this Google search and it says, Ikigai is a Japanese concept that means your reason for being. Iki in Japanese means life and Gai describes value or worth. So mm -hmm. can you help us understand from an Indian perspective, how should we understand it 
does it add to what we 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 already know or is it another way of you know that assimilates indian way of thinking and the japanese way of thinking okay i will offer you two two points here so on a very simple level all of us have some ikigai so it's not one thing it can be many things so it could be your favorite food be catching up with old friends it could be playing cricket we all love cricket right in india and australia so um th that could be your ikigai but in the context of purpose if we're going to talk about having a sense of purpose then and this is a crucial aspect or maybe maybe a central aspect of ikigai if you take the japanese word for purpose it is shimei and then you can add kan to that. So ikigai kan, the kan means feeling. So if we have shimei kan, that means sense of purpose. And if we look at that word specifically, shimei is, uh, is made up of two words. She means use. So it's also used for the verb use, scal. So it means use. And then mei also means life, uh, inochi. There's another way to say that um, word and then you have khan sense so the the idea of purpose could be how do you use your life so in the context of ikigai your purpose or sense of purpose could be how you use or how you wish to use the life that is being given to you so maybe that's the the deeper level of ikigai we're often thinking you know what is my purpose how am i using my life and that's probably the, the deeper desire we're all looking for. But, of course, it's easier just to start with things you, you enjoy that make your life feel worth living and maybe appreciating them more. So we have our morning cup of tea or coffee. We have this freedom to learn and educate ourselves. We can exercise, all these things. So I think we need to start by appreciating things more Definitely learning, learning more will add to your ikigai and then contemplating how do I want to use my life? How do I want to contribute? Because ultimately, in some way, we're looking for some sense of significance that what we do matters. And you can tie that back to how you use your life. And the crucial point is it doesn't have to be something grand or big. It can be something quite humble. It can be helping your neighbours can be looking after your friends, it can be coaching a, a maybe a cricket team, a, a kid's cricket team, or it can be something ambitious, maybe writing a book or <laughs> running your own podcast show and connecting to, you know, thousands of people. So <laughs> these, that's the beauty. We, we get to decide. Right, right, Nicholas. Now, uh, help me understand, like, mm. So many years back when you were in Japan and restaurant, and then your co-worker asked you, what is your ikigai? And then that got lost. And after many years, you were able to, you know, come back to that same question when you perhaps saw that Venn diagram. Yes. Back somewhere. Now, why is it uh, that it took you so long? And then how does one realize what is their ikigai and who tells them about that 
is it that the ikigai will come to you your purpose will come to you or you go and meet your purpose because in your case it took you i guess more than 20 years around okay well most of that's true so the, the first thing is you know over 20 years ago when i was in japan and i was starting a new job and i was i'd, I'd already been to japan and i was sort of young and ambitious and showing off my japanese I'm walking to a cafe with a, a coworker and she just very casually asked very casually what's your what's your ikigai and I I didn't know what the word meant so this is one crucial point ikigai in Japan's not a special word it's something used very casually and most Japanese don't really talk about it But to me I was like oh surprise what's what's Ikigai guy and she gave me this amazing definition like it's the reason you she say she was something like you know the, the things that make life worth living and the reason you battle on through life and I was amazed it's like wow you have one word to articulate that idea so that's when I first heard about the word but this was really pre-internet and I I couldn't look it up and you know there were no books on that concept And then 20 years later, yeah, I started seeing the Venn diagram thinking, you know, this is very strange. Japanese would never define any word with a Venn diagram. So I kind of thought, oh, it must be just, you know, like a western interpretation. But then started becoming really popular, more more TED talks, best-selling books, and it was all on this sort of western idea of ikigai that it's your sweet spot and it's it's the secret to longevity. So about 4 years ago I really started thinking you know this is not right there's something wrong here and all I knew at the time was it was an ikigai and I really didn't know what ikigai was other than it was deeper broader in meaning and even though it was a a unique word and like a almost like a cultural it is a cultural concept in Japan it is still a universal concept so I decided to start researching and i thought the best thing i could do was actually do what you do um and that is start a podcast Quite and possibly. interview japanese professors and that's where i began to learn wow it's relatable to positive psychology intrinsic motivation and it's it involves you know our relationships it involves the things we care about but it also involves challenges meaningful challenges So it's not this romantic thing where you one day find your ikigai. You have ikigai now. You just need to stop and get clarity on that. So it's probably you know your relationships with your family and friends. Maybe it's a hobby you gave up and you can go back to. Or some of us do have that desire to make a change, to contribute to society. And perhaps that's what we think when we're talking about finding your ikigai how do you find that and that's usually driven by your values and something you care about yeah okay. so if you're looking for that deeper meaning that's that's a bit more of a challenge <laughs> okay okay uh uh nicholas you have said what ikigai is not means in the broader sense that it's not a term from okinawa it's not the japanese secret to longevity it's also not about you know not the pursuit of a single life person then for a layman 
if it is not so many things then what exactly is it if a layman has to understand it All like right. me well the best way to maybe answer this is to ask you a question aj so on a daily level what makes you feel life is worth living okay. starting starting with small things okay okay so you mean oh, yeah do you, do you have any answers like is it your is it the, you know is it the sound of your children's laughter is it is it exercising in the morning is it having a good conversation with a friend yeah so it's it's not one thing it's a spectrum often of small things that make your life feel worth living so what makes you feel um energetic what makes you feel alive what makes you feel excited about the future and what what's interesting aj is our ikigai can include memories yeah so a memory can spark emotion yeah and it can make you feel inspired or happy but we can also look forward to things in the future so it is complex but it is simply these things that make you life that your life feel worth living. okay okay so does it keep on changing you can have many reasons as your ikigai or is it one thing you know the reason for being as they say or is it several things at the same time it can be how does it work for an individual yeah so it will change so i guess i have a son now who's 18 and you know our dynamics changing we're, we're more like brothers but when he was much younger you know when he was two or three four five six up until fairly recently he was one of my strongest sources of ikigai and you know my life was really about him perhaps before he was born you know there was a focus on my wife and she was my everything <laughs> and now she still is but our you know relationship <laughs> changed a bit and you know another example is the past 4 years my work and research on ikigai has been my ikigai so it will change and that's something we all understand we all understand that life is ephemeral things change um, things come and go and so that's one of the beautiful aspects that you can experience new ikigai in the future and it can be again small um large even the idea even the anticipation of future can be ikigai and i should offer you a definition so this is how pioneering researcher Mirko Kamia who wrote this incredible book in the 1960s defined ikigai you have excuse me you have ikigai sources which could be a relationship a hobby aspects of your work and then you have ikigai kan which is essentially ikigai feeling so she made this distinction you have sources and you've had these feelings related to those sources that make you feel that life is worth and that will change over time okay now uh nicolas you uh, firstly before that if you can tell us what exactly that drawing or diagram is in the backdrop <laughs> in the backdrop okay so this is a a beautiful kanji character chinese character and it's kan and so this means many things it means feeling awareness perception emotion 
And this was actually, you know, it is on the cover of my, you know, my book. So I wanted to make this point that ikigai is something you feel. Yeah. And there are many different types of calm. We have you know, a sense of purpose. So shimei calm. We have ikigai calm. There's even something called ibasho calm, where you feel you belong. So feeling is something uh, really central to ikigai, but all aspects of our life. We want to feel a sense of purpose. We want to feel that we belong. And we want to feel that life is worth living. Yeah. Right. And it, it's it's in Chinese. Is this a Chinese? I mean, it's a, it's a yeah, Chinese character, but it's, of course it's a Japanese, yeah, kanji character. Okay. 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 Now, uh, Nicholas, uh, tell me, you do a lot of podcasts on this particular topic now. And with several researchers, uh, you know, scholars from Japan and elsewhere, and everybody has their own version of this. Yes. Now, and, and they make you understand things the way they see it, they understand it. In Japan, when you go, uh, where you spend a lot of time, what does it mean for them? Does it like they, they carry it with their name that, okay, this is my Ikigai? Uh, it is something like this is my purpose in life. This is the way I want to move forward. Or is it much more of a private thing and people don't talk about it? How mm. does it work within uh, people there? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. So when I asked my friends this question, yeah, often it was, oh, family or camping or, yeah, something private and that they really wouldn't talk about, you know, not like the way we're talking about it in the West. Some people had a stronger sense of Ikigai, maybe related to their work if they were very entrepreneurial. So if you're entrepreneurial, probably your work's going to be a source of Ikigai. Then I have a couple of friends who say, oh, I don't know, or I've got one friend who just says, I don't have Ikigai, like, and he's, you know, he's not a very happy person. <laughs> he said he jokingly says I'm his ikigai and he wants me to go back to Japan. So, so yeah. Um, and that's another point we should say, AJ, that a lot of Japanese don't have ikigai. You know, they have loneliness, they have incredible stress. And for most of them, it is a private thing. But for some of them who, who deal with a lot of stress, it's also a coping mechanism. So if they're, if they're working six days a week and they're really stressed, on their one day off, maybe they go fishing or maybe they read or maybe, you know, it's even alcohol. So your guy can be something that's probably not healthy, but if it makes you relax and feel better, that could be your guy. Okay, okay. Now, anything that we, any concept, uh, Nicholas, is that whether you can use it in your life and in today's time, we see whether it can also be used in your work life that can, you know, take you forward. How does uh, one use Ikigai in their work life? Does it work? Because if I understand it, it can be used in coaching and any other aspect. So for the people in India and elsewhere, how does Ikigai work for them apart from something very private? does it work for them in terms of their work life? Yes. Well, 
if we want to associate it to work, there's actually a better word, which is hatarakigai. Uh, maybe I should type it out. I'm not sure if I can. But the verb for, for work in Japanese is hataraku. Yeah. Put that in. So we can add the suffix guy to many other verbs. So hataraki-gai. So that's similar to ikigai. You have ikiru, live, okay. ikigai, the value of living. So hataraki-gai is actually work that's both has intrinsic and extrinsic motivating factors. So we want to do meaningful work. But of course, you know, we want to get well paid. We want to have a positive impact on others. And we want to have a positive work environment. So if you can find a balance of meaningful work that helps other people, contributing to others, you have a sense of significance, but also get well paid. Maybe you have a good working environment. Maybe it offers you opportunities to, to learn and grow. That is actually hataraki guy. And that's what we should be looking for, this balance of intrinsic and extrinsic motivating factors. Now, ikigai can encompass hatarakigai, but your ikigai should not only be your work, it can be many things. Now, there's an, even another word that might inspire your audience, and this would be for the very ambitious people. It's called kokoro zashi. Now, if you want to make a positive change in society and it's quite significant, let's say you wanted to reduce poverty in India or make sure every child in India had an education, that is kokorozashi because a kokorozashi is going to take decades of your time to, to pursue. And once you feel you've achieved your kokorozashi, once you've climbed the mountain of your kokorozashi, you soon find out, oh, there are all these other mountain peaks. So kokorozashi might be something that really um, inspires both Indian and Western audiences as this, you know, one big life goal to pursue. But the point of the goal is to change society and you have to be a leader. You have to have incredible passion, incredible energy, and you'd need a lot of resources and a big team supporting you. So I think, yeah, we can either look at it as hataraki guy, where you want to do meaningful work, get paid well, or we can have this big life goal. A good example could be like Elon Musk. He wants to get to Mars. That's right. a kokorozashi. <laughs> right. Right, Nicholas. Now, in terms of, you know, you wrote a book and you are spending so much of time. So what is it uh, that inspired you to write this book? Was it the Venn diagram or is it uh, is it larger than that? Tell us about this. And what is the message, main message of this book of yours? Yeah, thank you, uh, AJ, for the opportunity. So... Initially, yeah, the book was inspired by all the misinformation and I was seeing Venn diagrams and all this romantic ideas of Okinawa and longevity and I knew it was factually incorrect. So that, that inspired me. But I also wanted to share the knowledge of my podcast guests and, and give back to them. And to me, there was this sense of obligation to do something about it 
and in a way give back to Japan. So I was motivated for quite a few reasons. And yeah, that the purpose of the book is to share a more authentic and accurate representation and share this collective knowledge from my podcast guests. And for the reader, it's to show them we can approach life differently, that we can have a meaningful life. We don't always have to be hustling and chasing goals. We can have this spectrum of things that make our life worth living, you know, starting from everyday living. We don't have to be chasing success and financial freedom, which a lot of us try and do, <laughs> right. myself included. <laughs> right. Now, uh, how are the people in Japan or anywhere else, how are they taking this concept of somebody from outside uh, looking at this, uh, you know, old concept of theirs, which is so much part of their lives and which is also for many of them uh, is a private thing. Mm. How do they understand this from you? Do they think you are doing things correctly? Does your book come out well to them or do they have their different visions, even to your podcast guests? Uh, tell us about this. Well, that's a good question. Um, I guess to my friends or regular Japanese, they're often they're often surprised by the popularity of ikigai. Um, so they they're kind of confused that we even know the word. And I mean, I've just published my book, so I haven't had a lot of feedback from, you know, Japanese. But of the researchers I've interviewed, they've been extremely supportive and encouraging, and you know, of course, I, I sought permission. I asked their permission. Can I quote you? Can I reference your work? And so they were very supportive and wanted me to, yeah, bring this perspective that's perhaps more authentic to their own culture to, um, to a global audience. And, you know, Japanese are very reserved people. So they're, they're not the type of people to say the Venn diagram is wrong and you shouldn't be doing it. Um, they don't like confrontation. So perhaps I wanted to offer that voice to them and say, you know, I'm, I would love to share your work in this book. So, yeah, it's been very fulfilling for me. It's very been very life-affirming that they've, you know, they support me. And, yeah, hopefully I'll get a few reviews from, from some Japanese people and see what they think. Okay. Okay. And where, uh, when and how does one get this book? How can they <laughs> lay there? How does it work for us? Well, thank you, AJ. That's very kind of you. So you can actually go to ikigaikan.com and I'm actually going to be starting a book club as well and do perhaps like a monthly Q&A. So if people have questions, um, it's also available on Amazon for most marketplaces. But I'm actually looking at publishing it in India because on Amazon, I can't publish a paperback version, only Kindle. So I've actually been looking at a few publishers in India because I, I know people tend to enjoy you know, hold, holding the book and, and reading it. So I'd like that experience. And I know in India, it's incredibly popular. It's, um, everyone seems to know Ikigai in India. So, so maybe India is my biggest marketplace. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, these are things people 
would like to understand more and more and you know we have a huge number of youngsters and and you know even other people who have got their own issues and everybody wants to understand themselves better to understand their purpose in life to feel life to feel what exactly is their ikigai and it does not matter where you learn that from if there is a good thing or a good resource to learn from you go for it now uh Nicholas, uh, how does one listen to your podcast? How does one connect with you if they want to? Thank you again. So I have a website called ikigaitribe.com and you can go to the podcast page or just search the Ikigai podcast on I guess, Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you'll find it. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm on Twitter as Nicholas Kemp. I'm on LinkedIn. Or you can just contact me through my website, each, each okay. website. Okay. Okay, Nicholas. And in fact, I will try and add as much information as possible uh, onto the YouTube description so that it can guide people to you in the best manner possible. <laughs> I, I owe you a few beers, AJ. So if I come to India, I'll be buying you dinner and maybe a few beers. Um, you don't actually. You don't owe me, except maybe maybe we'll talk about Ikigai, understand things better, and understand you know uh, anything that helps me better with will be much more you know helpful. So thank you very much for joining in. There is some problem. Yeah, carry on. One, one more thing before we go, AJ. I want to show you something. It's very quickly. Yes. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember the West Indies of the 1980s? Yes, yes, yes. So this this is one of my ikigai. This memory. So this is a bat signed by Joel Garner, Vivian Richards. Okay. Just um, just hold on. Just hang on. Let me put you in the bigger window so that I'm able to. There is a problem. Yes, sir. In the net, but yes, yes. So this now was it's a better. cricket bat. Yes, yeah, signed by the West Indies. Um, Joel Garner, Vivian Richards. Uh, Desmond Haynes, Michael Holding, Clive Lloyd, uh, Courtney Walsh, Augustus Logie. So this memory gives me this positive feeling, yeah? And I know in India, cricket's very popular, yeah? So maybe for many Indians, their cricket is their ikigai. So I just wanted yeah. to share that yeah. with you. But yeah. How, how, did you, so you uh, how, how did you get this back? Uh, uh, it's it's, it's a long story, but my, my mother got invited to a cricket party with uh, Kerry Packer, so yeah, that's that's quite amazing. Kerry Packer used to have those famous cricket barbecue parties. Somehow, my mum, my mother knew Kerry Packer's secretary. Okay. So yeah, she okay. got invited. Great, <laughs> so. great. We will we will certainly talk about cricket, uh, Nicholas, <laughs> when we when we meet. I think there is a bit of a problem with my system, so I don't okay. I can cannot play the last uh, the music. You know the closing music but thank you very much for joining us and you know uh, we'll keep on talking and learn more about this concept and i'm sure a lot of people will be interested in your book and they can always uh, you know connect with you for more as from the youtube description and the and the information that you have shared with this it's a wrap on this very special edition of the kj masterclass live thank you very much thank you very much aj i really appreciate the opportunity Thank you.